As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hey, it's Wendy. And it's Jess, and you're listening to the Food Heaven Podcast. Your online resource for delicious and nutritious living. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. This month's episode is a very special one, Why You Must Ask. Well, today is our six-year food heaven anniversary, and we can't believe it's already been six years. And aside from our anniversary, this month is also super special because it's actually our birthdays. Jess and I are June babies, and our birthdays are actually one day apart. So happy birthday to us. It is surreal that six years have passed since we started the Food Heaven brand, and we thought it would be amazing to have this month's episode dedicated to some lessons learned along the way. So we're going to take you guys on a journey through our ups and our downs, um, and hopefully this will be helpful just to kind of have more background, and if you have a blog or a website or a business, you can learn a few things um, from our lessons learned along the way. So just a little bit of background for those of you who are first joining us in our brand, the Food Heaven brand. We first started out about six years ago, and funny enough, it actually started as a class project for me. This is just speaking. And I had to create a grant for my community nutrition program in grad school. So we had to create some kind of program or idea around nutrition education in the community. And so one of the ideas that um, we had come up with was doing a show, a nutrition show on Brooklyn Public Access TV. And I talked to Wendy about it and we decided this would be a great idea. And of course, I wrote this in my grant for the class, and my professor loved the idea, and she said, we 100% should go forward and do this. So we ended up recording our very first episode six years ago while we were still in grad school for nutrition. And funny story, when we recorded that episode, we we actually were on Brooklyn Public Access TV, known as BCAT, and we had checked out all of the really fancy and heavy equipment to record the episode, but we did not realize after hours and hours of filming and having our friends help us, we recorded everything and didn't have the volume turned on. It was a disaster. We were so upset, so heartbroken. We put in all these hours um, and we just regrouped and we're like, well, I guess we're going to have to do it again. (laughs) So we ended up filming the whole thing again on a different day and it took the same amount of millions of hours because we didn't have a good system down at that point. But um, I think that shows to kind of like 
our dedication to the brand and the message. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how we got started. And through the years, it has grown from this program on Brooklyn Public Access to a web series and a podcast that you're listening to now. Also, our website with a ton of healthy eating recipes and articles about nutrition. And of course, our cookbook that we launched earlier this year, the 28-Day Plant-Powered Health Reboot. And we also started another component of our business, which is wellness retreats. So we had our first wellness retreat last year in Jamaica, and this year we just wrapped up our retreat in Bali, which was amazing. So the brand has grown throughout the years beyond our wildest dreams. And so we're going to kind of jump into some of the lessons we've learned along the way. So Wendy, do you want to start? Yeah, for sure. So yeah, it's been quite the journey and there have been many lessons learned. And so I'll be sharing my top three and then Jess will be sharing our top three. I guess we'll go back and forth. So number one for me is doing what you genuinely enjoy and adjusting as needed. So what do I mean by this? In this day and age, there's so much stimulation, like with the internet, social media, and I mean, there's ups and downs to that, but what I've learned is that you can literally do anything and create a whole thing out of it. So like, you know, you can be into the most randomest thing and you can create a whole platform if this is something that makes you happy and that you enjoy doing. Um, and so like, I don't know if you're a dietitian who enjoys doing yoga, you can create something for that. Or like if you're a teacher who enjoys traveling, you can do something centered around that. And I know Jess and I are like huge Shark Tank fanatics and if there's one thing that the show has shown me is that you there's really like the options are limitless with your creativity you could really create a solid business out of anything that you enjoy doing which I think is a really beautiful thing um and so I think you know by this point we should all know that making money is just not enough it's not sustainable um and that in order to live a meaningful life a life that you enjoy you gotta do things that you love doing and um does that change absolutely so you know maybe as time passes you don't want to do the thing that you used to do because it's maybe not as enjoyable as it used to be. So, you know, I do encourage like tweaking along the way. And I remember like when I graduated college, I majored in psych as an undergrad and I was really into like mental health and doing counseling and social services. Um, and although I never fell out of it, I kind of just got more into nutrition as time passed on. And so Although I, you know, I still have love for like mental health and counseling, I have found ways to incorporate it into my nutrition practice, which has kind of taken center stage. And it's been working really well. And I've found that there's so much value in just kind of being open and rolling with the times and being open to change. Um, yeah, and a lot of times it's kind of like we just keep doing things because they work and we don't really question like is this something that brings us happiness is this something that is fulfilling for us versus like is this just something that's going to give me a paycheck like every week or every two weeks or whatever so I have found it helpful to kind of just check in with myself 
I do it a few times a year. Usually when the seasons change, I just do a little check-in with myself about how I'm feeling with work, with business, even with relationships. I have found this to be helpful. And Jess and I do this together as well. Like we'll have uh, maybe, a, we usually have like two retreats per year and um, maybe one in person, one virtual, depending on what's going on because we can't always be together. And we talk about these things, kind of like what makes us happy, where can we focus our energies, what are our strengths, and um, and kind of being open to change because like who knows, maybe in 10 years I will be doing something completely different and that's cool as long as it's bringing me like happiness and I'm passionate about what I'm doing so that's lesson number one that I've learned and so Jess I'll pass the ball to you okay so my lesson number two is along the same lines of the Nike slogan which is just do it. I know a lot of times, especially as women, we tend to be more perfectionist and we feel like we have to make things super polished and perfect before we put it out there. And that's great in some aspects, but it can also be a hindrance to us because we're not actually doing what it is that we want to do or growing what we want to grow. So I think the main thing I've learned over the years is to not worry about everything being absolutely perfect, just kind of going for it and learning along the way. That's something that we've definitely done um, with our brand is just kind of moving forward with, you know, not having everything 100% figured out and kind of making it better along the way, making things more of a process along the way. Um, One book that Wendy and I both read that we love is Elizabeth Gilbert's Big Magic. So I don't know if you're familiar with Elizabeth Gilbert. She wrote Eat, Pray, Love, which I also love. Um, But this book, Big Magic, is just about like everybody kind of tuning into themselves and whatever it is that brings you joy and makes you happy in a creative way and just kind of going for it and not waiting on, you know, everything to be exactly so. And I know a lot of times as dietitians, a lot of us are type A personalities and we, you know, we wait before we start that blog or we wait before we start that podcast or we're waiting for, you know, to feel like everything is like the perfect opportunity. But from what I've seen, in the field is people who just kind of go for it are able to kind of um, cultivate, you know, that experience and that craft and that kind of, um, I don't want to say perfection, but, you know, that progress towards perfection along the way. So that would be my um, advice is don't wait till next year. Don't wait till next month. Just do it. Love that. And next up for me is creating from a place of joy. This is especially for all of my creative people that are listening. Um, I'm sure you've experienced this where you're just kind of making things just to make them. Um, And there's so much pressure, especially with blogging. It's like you have to constantly create content and you have to be consistent and it has to be like the best quality ever. And when you become kind of like dominated by this, you usually get burned out and stressed and it usually reflects in the kind of work that you're putting out or in how you feel. So although I think it's, it is important to be consistent in what you create, it's also important to do it in a way that is realistic and that will like minimize you 
being burned out. So basically in setting realistic goals, maybe not starting off by putting out something new every single day when you haven't really gauged how that looks like for you. Um, and setting up like realistic goals for yourself that you think you're going to be able to keep up, not just for like next week or this month, but like for the months to come. And this is something that I've definitely struggled with where I feel so much pressure to put things out because like that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And then I create things that I'm not completely happy with or that I'm not proud of. And sometimes it's like coming from a place of desperation. Um, and then I feel like crap. <laughs> so it's like, it is a challenge, I think, because again, there is like all of this stimulation and also like a lot of us aren't doing this full time you know like just works I work and it's not like I just have all the time in the world to you know create things and recreate things and and you know fix things and all of that so it's kind of like which what can we do to be practical about the time that we have and to be happy about the work that we're putting out so for me I, I usually commit to like one or two recipes each week and this allows me to have enough space and time like if I make any mess ups with the recipes if they don't come out so great or to my satisfaction I still have some wiggle room to kind of like recreate in that week um and that has been working pretty well for me I mean unless I'm like traveling and stuff I get thrown off but again it's like a work in progress and something that I've also started doing is I just don't put out stuff that I'm not happy with like before I would like put out content I wasn't completely 100 with it I wasn't like completely in love or crazy about the recipe and then I wouldn't feel so good about it afterwards and I've actually taken those recipes down it's not like a lot of them but you know like here and there maybe there's something that I'm not so in love with and in hindsight I'm like eh, I don't want that up there because I don't want someone kind of creating that and not being in love with it either um so in a nutshell my lesson learned is creating from a place of love versus desperation because it reflects in your work it reflects in how you feel about your work I love that yes you should definitely try to Figure out what it is that you love doing and kind of focus on creating those things. And then my next um, lesson learned is that consistency is key and kind of like having that commitment is key. Um, and what I mean by that is kind of like how I share this, the story of when we first started and we, you know, recorded our whole episode and we didn't have the volume turned on, but we had that kind of commitment um, to like the mission to kind of keep moving forward. It was something that we both believed in. And we also felt there was a void when it came to, um, you know, nutrition, health and wellness information, you know, within our community. And so we wanted to kind of also diversify the space um, and create culturally relevant um, nutrition information and recipes that people could trust and rely on. Um, so I think that it's really important to kind of have that consistency. And of course, there are going to be periods where things are crazy and you're not able to, you know, do it all. None of us can do it all. But, you know, just kind of being realistic with yourself and what it is that you can, you know, commit to and kind of stick with those goals that you set for yourself. And like we both know and kind of said already, there may be a period where you feel like you are hustling and, um, you know, it's harder because you do have different things going on. But if you kind of stay consistent and committed um, with time, I think like 
most things end up growing with that commitment and consistency. And then you'll be able to, you know, hopefully transition into like doing whatever it is that you love a little bit more because it might be bringing you a little more income or you might be able to outsource some things or hire some people to help. But you typically don't get there without kind of, you know, that slow grind and hustle where it might not be so obvious like the, the, um, the benefits or the, the kind of rewards of putting the work in, like you might not be getting paid for it necessarily in the beginning, but with time, you definitely will. So that's my fourth lesson learned. Yeah, and actually with um, what Jess just said reminds me of something Elizabeth Gilbert mentioned in her book, how like since she's a writer, she was saying how there's like so many amazing writers that she considers to be like way better than her. But the difference has been that she continues to wake up every morning and she keeps going, even if, you know, she feels like her work might be kind of crappy that she's putting out she is very persistent and she still keeps going and she is consistent in her work which has like resulted in so much growth and like in her being this amazing writer that she is today um all right my last lesson learned that i'll be sharing is don't get caught up in social media which is like oh my god so many of us do including myself um There's so many things to say about social media, but it's basically a hot-ass mess, and do not get caught up in the hype, because, you know, of course, everyone wants to, including ourselves, you curate what you want people to see, and it looks like perfection, Um, and... I think, especially for women, I think it even comes down to, like, affecting how we feel about ourselves when we see, like, all of these images constantly being put out. Um, And it can also be a little ridiculous, like, the amount of time that we spend scrolling and just mindlessly going through social media. So um, I have recently re-implemented a social media prohibition because it's something that I do and then I fall off and then I do again, but I've re-implemented it recently and it's been working very well. Um, So what I do is I don't check anything two hours before bed and two hours after waking up. And I also have very concrete times that I check during the day. So Instagram is my weakness because I love it so much. And so that's the one that I check the most. I check four times a day, but what I'll do is I'll just limit it to like three minutes at most at a time. And honestly, like I have been so much more productive after like implementing it that I don't even like spend the full three minutes. I'll like just check my notifications and I'll just come right off. And then for the other socials, I just go on one today, literally just to like check my notifications. And I know it sounds a little crazy because it's like I'm kind of OCD about this routine, but it has really been helpful. And like I don't feel like I'm just like kind of possessed scrolling through Instagram forever and ever. Like I've had so much more time to do other cool things. Um, So I would recommend setting a routine for yourself with social media and like really honoring it. And I think that you will definitely find so many other cool things to do with your time. And um, yeah, I think it's just very helpful. I love that idea of not getting cray cray over social media. Um, I 100% agree. I feel like Social media is everyone's highlight reel, and I'll even have people come to me (laughs) like, oh my god, your life is so amazing and like so perfect, and I'm like, child, please, like, don't believe what you see on the socials. Um, I've even taken it as far as like, I don't, I haven't had Facebook now for like, I I don't know, I think a couple years because I just didn't find it helpful, and I also uh, found that it 
made me want to consume more because it's just like I started following all of you know different brands and they're all they're always talking about this amazing thing or that amazing thing or these clothes or that makeup and so I found that I wanted to buy all that stuff so it wasn't helpful for my budget um, but I also found that it didn't make me feel happy checking all that stuff and for me because I've lived in different places and I have friends all over the world like that is one benefit of it but the benefit didn't outweigh the con so I just say bye-bye to Facebook and so yeah I have Instagram but one thing that um, I find really helpful is just having it be like your close friends Um, it's so funny because one of my friend's husbands who's on my Instagram feed uh, emailed me the other day or he messaged me the other day saying Jess your Instagram is so amazing like I can't believe that you only have like 50 followers he's like you be working so hard for those 50 followers and I'm like my Instagram is a hot mess like it's because it's there's no one really on there except for my close friends like you don't feel that pressure to make everything like perfect and have all the perfect angles because it's like these are people who are my friends and my family like they don't care so you can just kind of keep it real so that's another tip like having a private account and just having it be a couple people is I think a lot more fun um but I love the idea of yeah not letting social media get get you down um and then my last uh thing that I've learned along the way is to really prioritize self-care and balance um one of the things that I've done for that recently is working less at work so as Wendy mentioned we both work seeing patients um at our jobs throughout the day but I was feeling super overwhelmed and stressed and so a few months ago I transitioned into working part-time so I could work more on food heaven stuff and I definitely feel um, like I have a lot more balance and you know I'm able to care for myself a little bit more so while we are hustling and we're being consistent and we're grinding sometimes you can kind of just get caught up in the matrix. And I remember like I would be working at Food Heaven stuff, like waking up at six, working on Food Heaven stuff before work, during my lunch break, after work, and then kind of it being 10, 11 o'clock and it's like, oh snap, I'm still working. And that's not good for anyone because it's like we want to practice what we preach in terms of self-care. So if we're not doing basic things, you know, like um, having a wind down time and having our bedtime routine and our morning routine, it's like we're not really being true to ourselves. So I think within everything, I know it's hard, but try your best, even if it's just one self-care treat you give yourself a day Um, it can be as simple as like reading a chapter of a book or lighting a candle and having quiet time for five minutes or some people like taking baths like all those are great things and just make sure that you don't forget along the way to prioritize them Yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. That concludes our six-year anniversary wrap-up episode. I cannot believe this. We've been going for six years, and it's changing like almost every day, and it kind of stays interesting. And we, yeah, we're so thankful to all of you guys for being in our corner, sending us your kind emails. Like, sometimes I feel... Like nobody listens to our podcast or 
um, or goes to our website. But I know that's not true, but it feels like you're kind of putting it out there into the universe. So when you guys send us messages or when we have our in-person retreats and we can put faces to you guys and like personalities, um, it really like helps to make it all, you know, the more sweet. So thank you guys so much for all your love and support along the way. And if you love our podcast which we hope you do make sure you leave us some reviews on stitcher and itunes because it helps more people find us um yeah and if you want to tune in to more goodness you can check out our website foodhavenmadeeasy.com so with that we will catch you next time bye bye